From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Awesome to be back with you again, and I have several servants that are with me in this room. First, Pastor Dario Richards to my right. Hello. <laughs> to his right, Natalie Franco. Hi, guys. To my left, Pastor Emily oh, Armstrong. Thank you. Yes. A few May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine. Wow, I feel like you. I should extend my hands. Uh, uh, a few episodes back, Emily Emily scolded me for not presenting her as a pastor as well. And she is. And she is. So thank you, Pastor Emily. You're welcome, Pastor Scott. Yes, I appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, this is a podcast that deals with uh, missions and culture and healthy church and a lot more. And uh, honestly, this this is an episode I did not think would happen. This episode has one of our longest titles, actually. Um, <laughs> the blog post does too. It's yeah, a very and long the, title. And the blog post blog. does too. And I wrote this blog post and did not think that, you know, I thought it was kind of something important, of course, but did not think it would gain a lot of traction. But I, I've written down an introduction to this episode. So let me go ahead and, and start with that. As missionaries in the Church of the Nazarene, Emily and I dedicate three months every two years to home assignment. We travel around our home country and we preach in many local churches, and we are also coordinators of two regional uh, ministries, Global Missions and Genesis. If you'd like to know a little bit more about those, uh, you can seek other episodes that we have in the past or just go to mesoamericagenesis.org. That gives us the privilege, doing this, traveling a lot, gives us the privilege in many local churches, uh, both in the Dominican Republic, where we live, and other countries, to speak, right? When we are invited to speak, especially on a Sunday morning, the pastor or another leader usually will tell us the service time, and then they'll say the Sunday school time is a certain time, and then they'll say, a lot of times, not always, but they'll say, but you don't have to be there for Sunday school, and we push back on that and we tell them that we would never miss Sunday school. I mean, in fact, do you want us to teach? I mean, we're only here for a little bit. Would you like us just to, to teach or to be with a certain age group? And so I recently wrote that article and it, basically it's entitled seven reasons why missionaries or any speaker for that matter should never just show up for service. So I know that we could kind of talk about that and some of the reasons why let's do that first. And then let's let it kind of uh, direct us into other kind of overarching issues. Uh, what are some of the things that kind of jumped out at you? And certainly I think the four of us that are here agree with this, right? Like, I mean, come on. I mean, we're, we're not just a hired gun that comes in to, to preach for 30 or 40 minutes. Now in many places, just 20 minutes is what they're, <laughs> they're giving us. But what kind of jumped out at you from what I wrote in the article? Well, I really liked what you were writing about serving the sending church and being a ministry to them. And that reminds me uh, a time I heard a preaching uh, from Pastor Oswaldo Tello. And he was kind of answering some questions because the youth of his congregation were, were asking him, what is the best characteristic he, he's able to say and find in, a, in the best missionary. And he said, and I'm going to just say what he said. He said, the missionary should separate from himself, from his selfishness. So that way he can give everything for others. And he was saying that a missionary needs to understand that the mission, it is not about themselves, but to serve and to give their lives 
to God, to serve God. So that way you stop thinking about yourself. You stop thinking about your comfort as missionary. If you, for example, get invited to a church, you don't think, okay, I'm going to be comfortable in there, but you start thinking about serving others, giving away your life to others. So that way you don't think about um, your sleep, that you're going to maybe skip sleeping or you're going to wake up <laughs> earlier to be in the Sunday service so you can help others to serve others. Um, so that way, if you think about, I'm going to serve the Lord, I'm going to serve their people, you stop thinking about yourself. And he said, like the best missionary should be this way. And I think this is something where, like we have to keep in mind. We are not called to be comfortable, we are called to serve others. And that's not just on the official mission field. It's when we do come back, when we're invited to speak. And uh, I love what you just said. Even then, we're called to serve. Yeah. Natalie, as you were talking, I thought, it isn't, I've never thought about this way. And this is literally, he wrote the article based on habits and things that we do. You know, so we've been doing all of the things that are in this article for many, many years. But I thought if we were to go back to our sending church during these three months of home assignment and be different than who we are like every day, that's like asking us to be bipolar almost, right? Like, well, when you're in the Dominican Republic and you're in the local church, you totally act this way. But when you're in the United States and in the local church, you probably look very different. And it's like, no, we're the exact same person. You know, like when we're here in the Dominican Republic, we're serving our local church. We're involved in ministries. We want to be with the young people and children. We want to be in Sunday school. This is, it's how we function on Sundays. So why, when we go back to the United States, would it be like, we're just going to function in a completely different way? That That's not normal to think of anybody doing something totally outside of what they normally are. So we probably actually need to kind of highlight what are some of the reasons that I said that a missionary should, just, should not just uh, show up. And the first one that you guys have already talked about is that we're there to serve, not to take it easy or to sleep in, mm -hmm. right? So we've talked about that, but there are other ones here that say much of real discipleship happens in small groups. The third one I said was we long for more time. We long for more time with kids and teens. Like we don't want to just be up on the platform and then we never see kids and teens. Uh, I also mentioned the opportunity for a speaker to personally impact people in a traditional worship service is very small. And I don't know if that was controversial because I believe in the power of preaching, but essentially just like, I understand that it's going to be limited if it, you don't know anything about me and it's just the sermon, right? Our teaching can also give someone else a rest. And then the last two that I mentioned was there's much you can learn from being in small groups that can't necessarily be learned from a service. And my final one was you don't want to be that guy. And I can just tell you, I have been the coordinator, not just the invited speaker, but the coordinator of ministry, and maybe some of us have too, where a person comes in and you're like, they didn't even come early to the service for us to talk. They just came and they just did the bare minimum of what we were asking them to do. They didn't stick around to talk to anyone and their ministry truly was limited. And also there was a lot of stress put on all of us, right? And so that gives a little overview. Dario, I know that we've kind of talked about this and I one thing I appreciate about appreciate about you is when you speak, you're there before, you're getting to know the context, the people. Where do you want to take this? What what jumps out at you or uh, what is kind of the as you read this article the thing that really struck you? 
Um, this reminds me of a conversation we had in a previous episode uh, where we talked about the different classes of missionaries. And in that episode, we talked about how the church, you know, would give missionaries classes. But then sometimes that could actually go to the missionary's head. And, you know, they think when we come back, you know, we're going to report, you know, the superstars. Yeah. You know, we, we people want to hear what I have to say and hear my story. And I think at the the essence of the article is this, like as missionaries, no matter whether you were mission critical or not, you know. He's using air quotes. You know, <laughs> you know, like we are servants, yeah. you know, and in many ways worthless servants, you know. We, we have a responsibility to continuously go the extra mile. And I think that's just what I wanted to highlight because I know for, for you, Scott and Emily, um, how important children and youth ministry may be for you. But there may be another missionary who, who you know, they're not you're not as inclined to children and youth. But, you know, there's some other area where they could volunteer. You know, there's something else that they could do that they could assist with. You know, they could help pack up the cheers or, you know, take down the cheers or, you know, there might be something else happening. Um, that is more, you know, in line in, in the area where they see that they can contribute and they can serve even more than what they have been asked to do. And I just think that's the essence of it. Like, you know, the call and the responsibility to be servants isn't, it isn't conditional. It isn't occasional. It is at all times, in all places, with all people. Whether we are serving, um, you know, on the field, serving unbelievers, serving um, communities that we hope to see transformed for Jesus, or we're serving our brothers and sisters, you know, in every space we go into, we must remain the identity or retain the identity of servants and to just keep going the extra mile. Um, so that's what I love about it. You know, don't just show up and do, and do the bare minimum, like how the celebrities do, you know, they come in <laughs> in the dark tainted limo, running quickly, do what they have to do. And then they're gone. Yeah. No, we are called to be and to do so much more. Well, and even when there are times when the pastor would, or the missions president would say, no, no, we've got Sunday school taken care of. You know, I mean, you don't need to teach. You don't need to preach. We still say we're going to come. And yeah. part of that is, you know what? We're invited to speak a lot. However, it probably would be good for us to be in a Bible study right. and in a Sunday school class yeah. where we're receiving you know, so we don't always need to be the upfront person. And so it's not just a, even a service thing. It's also a, this is going to benefit me, you know? Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. I think that's connecting good. with the local church, um, the traditional form of home assignment is to let's give you a service and then you move on to the next. And I can tell you, Scott and I, I mean, we could be on home assignment for 90 days and we could easily preach 65 to 75 times. And if you do the math on that, that's almost like one service every day for three months. And when you're in and out of a place that quickly, there's not real connections that are being made. We've mm -hmm. talked so many times on this podcast about how just relationship takes time and investment of energy. And I think that connection space, when we are able to give more of our time than just the 45 minutes of a worship service and be able to create that space. I think about the global denomination that we are. I think the last statistic was around 2.7 million members of the Church of the Nazarene, and we're just over 500 missionaries to serve 2.7 million 
Nazarenes. So I'm not the mathematician in our family, but I know that that means one missionary needs to connect with a whole lot of Nazarenes (laughs) to feel like they know what's going on in Nazarene missions to even have one name. And let alone the fact that out of those 500 missionaries, a lot of them are couples. A lot of them are, you know, two people that are in one. And so I think creating all of the space that we can and for a missionary, it's healthy to say the reason why I'm here is in order to connect with the church, in order to make them feel as though it's not just like this Google search anymore. It's that everything that I've been educated about, everything that I've been praying about, everything that uh, the church tells me I'm involved in, like I have a moment to understand what all of that's about with somebody's personal testimony. And it almost becomes like the disciples witnessing to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There were very few that saw Jesus post-resurrection. I think it says uh, somewhere in Paul's writings, like about 500 people he revealed himself to. So there were like these eyewitnesses that were like, well, I saw him. And it's like talking to that person that was, I saw him resurrected is a different experience than somebody that said to somebody that said to somebody, and like, oh, we've sent, it's, so create a special experience. And it's up to us missionaries to create that with the sending church as well, not just the sending church creating it for us. Well, and how many times have we had a conversation with a child or with a teen, and it could be with an adult too, like Darhill, you're right, I guess we are biased a little bit and we're always constantly focused on children and teens, but where it wasn't the sermon necessarily. I mean, I'm sure they got something out of that, but it was the conversation beforehand Mm -hmm. or the conversation afterwards that then that person is called to missions or that person really was able to say, I think of a a mom that comes up with their daughter, you know, that happened recently to us that, you know, the mom's like, I haven't known really how to tell them what to do. She senses a call to missions. She's eight years old, (laughs) but like, what do I do? What do I do? Well, spending 10 minutes with them Mm. was like the reason we were there. Wait, weren't you there to raise funds? Weren't you there to preach your sermon? Yeah. I mean, technically we were, but maybe the most important thing that happened was that conversation, you know? And if we wouldn't have been open to that, if we would have just been get in there, get out, come on, we're exhausted. You know, man, what we would have limited literally what God could have done while we were there. We need to try to, as you were saying, intentionally seeking out times with children and youth. Children needs to hear more about what God God is doing in the missionary life. And this is the way they're going to probably going to be the seed in their hearts to later on feel, okay, I'm calling. Like this girl was saying, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm calling. Like I'm feeling this call to become missionary. And I put myself in, in this topics specifically because I remember when I got the calling and I just started to learn more about missions I was like 20 years old I was not even like and I was talking with my pastor you know I talk a lot with my pastor <laughs> I always <laughs> asking lots of questions to my pastor and I was like pastor I didn't know we, we had those like that amount of opportunities, like talking about missions in our church. How mm-hmm. How is it possible I didn't know this before? Mm-hmm. And I remember we did have missionaries in our local church. And I don't remember them with us having conversation in the small groups. Mm-hmm. But I did remember them preaching. I did remember them uh, sharing a little bit uh, at the end. Yes, of course, they didn't leave uh immediately but I don't remember I hope I don't I'm, I'm not saying something like incorrect but I don't remember them like sitting with 
children, like with mm-hmm. us in the small groups, and talking just yeah. about what it's what it's like. And I think we need more of that conversations in yeah. our local churches. One of our favorite things to do with kids, especially, is to we have this what we call the crazy missionary quiz. And whenever you're with kids, this is just like a tip for any missionary that's like, I'm not really very good with kids. I can tell you what kids love to do is they love to hear about the funny things of your life. And so we have this entire quiz about like, what do people eat in Guatemala? But we have lots of different things that other people, they're real foods, right? But for the kids in the United States that are used to eating a bowl of cereal, They're like, they eat beans for breakfast in Guatemala. And it like just is this conversation starter. And we talk about animals and we talk about sports. And it gives us this platform to just talk about that we usually end with kids of the the missionary lesson is there is a big piece of missionary life that is that's different but it's okay. And so that is what we talk to kids about all the time. That's different, but it's okay. And they walk out. That's different, but it's okay. And I think there's little things that you can do like that, that like Scott said, it triggers for some child that's there. You can see when you're talking with children, yeah. especially children, you can tell the ones that are just like engaged. If Like we bring this frog from Costa Rica that you, um, if you run the little um, wooden stick up its back, it sounds like it's croaking, yeah, right? I was, was going to say, we bring a wooden frog. Yes, <laughs> a wooden, wooden frog with a wooden stick. And, you know, we'll just be like, and so they want to play it and we talk about the animals in Costa Rica and you can just see the ones that are that God's potentially placed something real deep inside their souls that are like this is amazing and it's not because it's a toy that they're playing with but it's because of the spirit it's like opening something up yeah in their hearts and in their minds that many times in the local church we don't talk about other nations we don't talk about the opportunities of loving people the way that god has given us to love them and so as missionaries me and if we miss those opportunities with children i just don't know where else they're hearing it except for social media and sometimes right. social media is not the message we want them to hear when it has to dealing with other nations and people groups yeah yeah i i mean we have a deep call there are three of us that are ordained ministers in the church of the nazarene and we have a call to preach Right, and we could do another episode that's just on really how would you form a uh, a home assignment message, right? And we have pointers on that. Of course, we train missionaries in that. In fact, but my call is so much bigger than just a preach. Yeah. My call, and and I want it to be evident when we are with you, even if it's only three hours, even if it's only four hours with your congregation, that you can see, man. We are called to love people. We are called to listen to people. We are called to to learn from them, you know, and not just to show up and preach the word, you know, that is the official reason we've been invited. Yes. But man, there's so much more that you can tell the passion. I mean, even as Emily, you know, it talks and it's just, we're passionate about getting there early and about living life with people and, and having conversations that we don't design, we don't understand exactly how it's going to go, but every church is different and God always provides a key mm-hmm. conversation, sometimes with a, a child, like we've talked about, but sometimes with a missions president or a pastor that's been discouraged. I've been trying to deploy people and mobilize people and give offerings and my church just doesn't, you know, to listen to them, to sometimes give advice, but also just to say, hey, you're doing a great job. Don't lose that passion. Maybe, again, maybe that was the reason we were there, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I I think 
that can do it. This was a little shorter of an episode, but uh, for some, for whatever reason, uh, <laughs> I, I write, I was a joke. I don't know if it was with you, Dario, but I, I was saying, I write on holiness and don't get a lot of comments or I, I, <laughs> I, I, I write on discipleship and yeah, a few people comment, you know, <laughs> for some reason we wrote on this and people are like, oh, I hear you brother. You know, oh, this is, you know, and so hopefully uh, dedicating a little bit of the, you know, one episode to this was worthwhile. Um, Emily, if someone wants to kind of chime in, how can they do that? Yeah, you can find us on uh, social media, which is the Worthless Servants podcast. You can also find us on mesoamericagenesis.org on the podcast tab. Awesome. Well, we are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Dario Richards. I'm Natalie Franco. And I'm Emily Armstrong. And we will talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.